0: Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we are here for another episode today, uh, brand new topic and a brand new guest, Michelle Harris. Michelle, thank you so much for hanging out with me on the podcast today.
1: Of course, thank you for inviting me.
0: Well, and we we are going to talk about something that I think is really interesting. Uh, very simply, conceptually, and ultimately, literally, we're, t- we're going to talk about how to develop clients for life. You have put together a program for your brand and business, which is kind of intriguing. So we're going to get to that just, again, conceptually, but then also practically what that process looks like and how, to, how our listeners might be able to implement a similar program in their business. We'll do that in just a little bit. But uh, we normally at the podcast start off with a question about brand position, and you and I actually had the the chance to talk a little bit about this idea of brand position before we hit the record button. I know it's not a real commonplace point of conversation in our industry. What what came to mind when you first read those words?
1: I mean, the first thing that came to mind is just how important it is to create a really meaningful and genuine connection with my clients. Okay. But that's like almost everyone's now at this point.
0: Well, and you're but the cool thing about you saying that is, you know, it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to then do something about it. And I love that you have actually created a program, which is centered around that very idea. I mean, it's, it's cool. I have shot weddings for over 10 years myself, and I still look back and feel so privileged to been able to be an intimate part of this couple's life on their wedding day, getting to be there with their family and photograph them in these moments. It was incredible. But it was kind of one of those things where you, you go in, you, you have the relationship, and then you move on, right? You may, you may or may not see them again. You've, right. you've taken this to a whole different level, and you're like, not only am I going to photograph your wedding, but let me continue to photograph you for life. So I love that you've taken this and you've done something with it. Yeah, a lot of photographers talk about relationships, but you've done something with that on a very practical level and a much bigger level. And so we're gonna actually talk about that here in just a little bit. But talk to me a little bit about your experience as a business owner. How long have you been in business, first of all?
1: So I've been in business for four and a half years. I actually bought my very first camera. It was like um it was a Canon SLR yeah. one. And um, that was January twenty fifteen. And I I wasn't like one of those people who like grew up and were like, oh, I always did photography. I just never made it a business. That wasn't (laughs) me. Like I bought my camera and I was like, I'm going to make money with this thing. And so I just hit the ground running. From there.
0: Well, but you did. And that's what, so I have to at least mention, I, I know Instagram followers only have so much meaning in the end, but it's still kind of cool. You have 25,000 followers on Instagram. You've only been in business for four years. So when you say you hit the ground running, you've not only created a business for yourself, you're not only in education, but you have quite the following as well. How did this all happen in such a short amount of time?
1: Uh, I just, I got a mentor from the beginning and I listened to every single thing that he said. And my mentor was Ben Hartley. Yeah. And he just poured into me, and I literally did every single thing that he told me to do. And that's how I got here. Like, and that's why I got into education because I'm like, mentoring is so important. Like, if you listen to someone who, you know, has done what you want to do, then you'll get there. So. That's how I got where
0: I am so fast. Well, we talked about this before we started recording. I, I Again, I love the, the practicality that you seem to have in your life and business of just doing. And it's amazing the amount of information and advice out there that people hear and they listen to and they're like, oh, that's nice. And then they go on and don't really do anything about it when it's right there in front of them for the taking. So I have yeah. to give you major props for just going and doing. Um, and, and Ben ben 's a pretty cool guy. he actually also has a podcast i 'll just give him a shout out the six figure photography podcast and we 'll link to that in the, the show notes for anybody who might be curious. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I know that he has a lot to offer in the, re, in the realm of business photography business specifically and i 'm really stoked for you that you 've been able to take that and go do something with it that information really, really cool. What would you say would be from from this whole experience so far? What's the biggest piece of advice that you would want to share with a fellow photographer from all that you've learned?
1: Um, I would definitely say that posing is the most important part of a business. Like once you have a client and people kind of like look over it, like, Oh, it's not a big deal. As long as I can figure out the poses and they're all right. But like, it's such a huge part of my client interaction. uh, And it really makes people feel comfortable. And as soon as you make them feel comfortable and that, like you are going to lead them to look the best they can, that makes them trust you, and trust is so important in this relationship so um if you focus on that first, then you'll get better. It doesn't even matter what type of photography you do. if you focus on on posing and perfecting it then it will definitely take your business to the next level.
0: But I love that you stress the significance of making them feel comfortable too, because and as you said, unless, unless they feel comfortable, then the idea of posing them and getting a natural image that looks beautiful, that's going to be challenging. It's certainly going to be challenging to develop a long-term relationship, as is your goal um, in many cases. And so focusing on helping them feel comfortable that's a really interesting topic in and of itself. Do you, have, do you have any like suggestions just off the top of your head, one or two things that our listeners can do when they're first connecting with a client to help them feel a little more comfortable?
1: Uh, well, the number, thing, number one thing that I do when I start sessions is I go into it explaining them that I'm going to help them through the whole session look their best. And I ask them if there's anything they're insecure about or anything they want me to hide, things like that. And whether they do or not, they're so thankful that I cared yeah. about that before just putting them in a position and hoping that they look okay. Like I explained to them in detail exactly how to look their best, especially the women. Um, It makes it really, really easy. When I'm like, yeah, if you do this, we automatically look slim. They're like, oh my goodness. Like you know exactly how to make me look great. I'm so excited.
0: So So it's just a little bit of empathy, consideration, and that's shown Mm -hmm. up front and that makes all the difference in the world. That's cool. I have to mention too, while you're talking, I have your Instagram account pulled up here. Uh, and it's just M Harris, the letter M, H A R R I S, underscore studios. And of course, we'll link to this in the show notes for everybody listening in. uh We'll put this in the show notes there. And uh, then, of course, your website as well, mharrisstudios.com, so that our listeners can kind of get a, a feel for your work. But it's, it's very beautiful. I, you know, Thank it, you. As much as there are different trends that kind of come and go as far as styles are concerned, I really do like a, a light, kind of vibrant imagery. And you've got lovely examples of that on, in your Instagram feed here. So for those of you listening Thank you. in, oh, yeah, 100%. Make sure you go, you go check out Michelle's work there on Instagram. Talk to me about time. I know that you just got married recently um, and that probably changes things up a little bit, but how do you make time for yourself, for your significant other, and also manage to run a business all simultaneously? What is, do you have any tips or tricks for creating a little bit of space and time in your life?
1: Well, I mean, I I haven't been the best at this, but I've been getting better this year. Um, The number one thing that I implemented in my business is my no-work Wednesdays. Really? So like on Wednesdays, like I might do a little work, like a little email type of thing, but like I won't book any sessions on Wednesdays. And like I haven't been the best at it. I think I've done two so far, but I mean, I'm only halfway through the the year, so it's not that bad uh, where I've still done a session on a Wednesday, but... That was definitely the number one thing that helped me this year because I never took any days off before and I was just, just running and running and running and never stopping. Uh, and then the other thing I've done just for like my mental health with working inside my business is making multiple to-do lists so i used to just make one big one and then at the end of the day i'd scratch off three or four and i would be so upset like oh my god i only got three three or four but like i make a master one now and then i make a two-day do list like i only put realistic things from the big list over to the little one and then i finish those and i can always add more but i always add like three or four and then i scratch them all off and i feel great and i scratch them off the big one too which is even more scratches. So it makes you feel like you did more (laughs) than you actually did. Um, But doing that made me feel better about my day as opposed to like finishing the same thing and then still being frustrated by not finishing.
0: Oh, this is good. Okay. So I have to ask you first about the Wednesday day off. Is there a reason for Wednesday specifically?
1: I figured it was like right in the middle of the week. So like I probably have a wedding on a Saturday or Sunday and then Monday I, I do still have to hit the ground running with, you know, responding to emails that came in over the weekend, that type of thing. So I figured that wasn't a good day to take off. And Tuesday's like, whatever. And then Wednesday's right in the middle. I have <laughs> okay. like a, a good day off and then I have two more and do it all over again. So yeah. it was just easiest for me to take off Wednesdays.
0: That's cool. Now, the, your husband, with his work schedule, are you able to kind of connect, spend some time together, extra time together on Wednesdays as well?
1: Oh, yeah. So we actually only work together. He doesn't work any other job okay. anymore. He used to be a, a manager. Of, Big time um, steakhouse, but he um, is now full time videographer. So we work together all the time. That's awesome. And so, like, he's downstairs in the office right now doing something. <laughs> so wow. and shout out to uh, Nathan.
0: I, I have to say that yes. too, just because he's got a cool name. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's really great. Okay, so does that mean that on Wednesdays you guys can can set some time aside and go go out, have a date, do something different besides being in the, in the office?
1: That would sound great if I would say that's what you do, but it isn't. Like, it's my day. Okay. And he's like, Yeah, that was your no work Wednesday. Uh, okay. I'm still getting work done. <laughs> so, like, it's literally my day. Like, I will sit here and like binge watch things that like I don't allow myself to really watch yeah. in a week and just do what I do. Like, I go get my nails done on Wednesdays. Like, there's just little things that where I'm not. I'm not shooting for sure. And then, like, I don't have anything else that I put on that day where I have
0: to be somewhere. That's really, really good, actually. That, you know, what's interesting about that, too, is you pick Wednesday. That's not typically a busy day of the week anywhere else. So you have, you can kind of get out and do whatever. Um, and there's something to be said, too. You know, I mean, as much as it sounds cute, the, the idea that you guys work together, um, it, there's something important within relationships with it, which is independence, having a little bit of time to yourself. And so I think it's great that you get that time as well. Talk to me, though, about the when, when you talked about creating a massive task list. Um, mm-hmm. And then creating one specifically for today. I, this very much resonates with me because I know personally that if I have a huge list of 30 things in front of me, that's overwhelming. I'm likely to put things off a little bit more, maybe not work as quickly versus having a list of, say, three big things in front of me that I can focus on mm-hmm. just today. And if I get those done, I can feel good about it and be done. Is that kind of the right. thought process?
1: That's exactly the process. That's really, really cool.
0: And I think this is good advice for everybody listening in. Uh, First of all, use or create some type of task list. If you're just trying to keep track of it in your mind all the time, you're Definitely going to forget things. And it's actually a little bit more stressful because you're trying to keep track of all of that internally versus having a system where you can just dump it all. So first of all, use something. Use paper. I use a task manager, task and project manager called Todoist, uh, dot com. We'll link to that in the show notes for anybody that's curious. But have a system. But then as Michelle is saying, have a massive, you know, kind of an all-inclusive task list that you pull from, but then have today's list. Pull two or three or four tasks from that main list to the today list. Focus on those. Get those done. And if you don't get anything else in the day done, the goal here would be that you've at least moved your business forward in one form or another. You can feel good about it. You've accomplished something. Um, There is something to be said for that. So I I think this is great advice. Thanks so much for sharing that.
1: Yeah, of course. And I actually have everything. Uh, when it comes to my calendar in my like iCal, so it's automatically in my phone and in my computer. Yeah. But when it comes to lists, like I I have to write it down because like there's nothing that makes you feel better about like crossing something off, like <laughs> physically crossing it off, like clicking a button and making it disappear, like on the computer is not as satisfying to me. So that's how I use it.
0: That's cool. I love it. Talk to me about um business or self help book, maybe an audiobook. Uh, in some cases, some people like podcasts more than books. What like what's been one of the most important resources of learning for you?
1: So the biggest thing that changed my life, I think it was about a year ago, was a book by Jen Sincero, and it's called "You're a Badass at Making Money." Yeah, yeah. And it literally changed my life. And like, not only did I read like you know that one or two times, like I put it on because I'm. I listen to books. I'm not like a reader reader because I always have to feel like I am still doing something okay, yeah. while I'm listening. So um, I put my ear pods on and like while I am putting my makeup on, I will listen to it. It'll be like, you know, two or three minutes every day that I'll listen to something. But something will remind me of like how I should be focusing on this or worried about this and different things like that. So like just listening to a little bit of that book every day is incredibly motivating.
0: And, you know, I like the idea of even a little bit every day. I was actually just listening to a podcast interview with Seth Godin, and Seth was talking about the significance of audiobooks and how we have the ability as human beings to be able to take something in through our ears to hear something, even if we're not necessarily extremely conscious about it and actually still consume it and that it's still mm-hmm. doing something internally. So there's something to be said for that, uh, at least according to Seth. But then the other piece that you mentioned is even just doing like three minutes a day, you know, it's nice to, to put out there that you're going to read 100 books this year or do this thing or that and make it sound very grandeur. But uh, I, I literally just posted something today on my Instagram stories about consistency. I think consistency is, is, and I'm realizing more and more the significance of that. And if it means that you only listen to three minutes of an audiobook, but you do that consistently and you're con- continually growing and learning, I think that's awesome. Um, and in fact, I may actually take a cue from you because I'm my reading as of late, I keep up with industry news and this kind of thing, but um, my reading as far as books are concerned is inconsistent. I want to do a better job with that. I may actually uh, go with your idea. I think that's a really good one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely works.
0: Are you using Audible?
1: Uh, yes, I do use Audible.
0: Okay, very cool. Talk to me about, um, let's go to the photographic side here for a second. Um, talk to me about an unusual item in your camera bag like this doesn't have to be a lens or a camera body or flash something totally unusual that helps you be a a better photographer
1: gotcha well as basic as it may sound is a lens that definitely changed my business as well Um, and it's my sigma art 20 millimeter it's a 1.4 really okay and yeah i mean it seems so simple but like just being able to give my clients like super wide portraits at the same place that I was taking a whole bunch of like really tight shots Mm. has been like such a big deal. Like when I post like the bigger shots, like it just, people like know that it's mine because I'm, I feel like I'm one of the, one of the few, especially in the area that are on the brighter side and shoot really wide. For some reason it's, it's, it's not as popular, but either way, it just really, really makes a difference. Uh, during my session to be able to do something so wide and then do, you know, the rest tight and things like that.
0: Yeah, I've actually got your Instagram account pulled up and I'm looking at uh, there's a shot back on May 4th of a couple um, at the Virginia State Capitol. Is that was that shot with that lens?
1: Uh, I can double check for you, but I'm probably if it if it's pretty wide then that's that's what it is.
0: They have darker clothing on. It's, it's shot with a, this kind of bright white Virginia State Capitol in the background. They're walking down the stairways. And um, whether it's with that lens or not is an absolutely beautiful image. And I see your point about using that wide angle. I think that's it's really, oh. really interesting.
1: Yes, I just pulled it up. And yes, that is my 20 minute all day.
0: That's beautiful.
1: I mean, yeah, you can get something wider. But for some reason, the 20 is like a sweet spot for me. And I just am able to bring in as much as I want. Um, there's another one where I'm inside of the Jefferson Memorial, okay. shooting out. If you scroll more up to the top, I think I posted it on. Let me see. On July first, okay, and uh, it's just a couple wearing black in between the columns of the jefferson and most people don't even understand where this is or how but like when you go inside and shoot out which a lot of people aren't doing but there's almost no way to get all of those columns in that picture without something as wide as a 20 i'm also on the floor shooting upward (laughs)
0: so that's stunning though. i love that yeah Yeah, that's gorgeous and and it really is a a different perspective than you would expect especially shooting at such a well-known memorial that you're you're using backlight and just kind of overexposing to compensate get the couple in there. And then those lines from the pillars make it really, really interesting. The wide angle makes it interesting. That's gorgeous. Um, and that's Thank you. for those of you who are curious, um, on Michelle's Instagram account, M Harris underscore studios. If you go to the July 1st post, you'll see an example of that. It's really beautiful. That's really cool. I 20 is interesting because I don't think we've had many, maybe if any guests on the show, almost 300 episodes that have talked specifically about the 20 millimeter, but I think it's a, it's really, really beautiful.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just a game changer. I literally shoot all my sessions with my 20 on one side and my 85 on the other. So I have a tight shot of that same picture for them where you can see like, you know, the little sides of the two columns, which I took right after. So they get a whole bunch of of variety with me having those two lenses on my hip.
0: That's really cool. All right. Well, those of you listening in, make sure you go take a look and check it out. You may have to go pick up a 20 millimeter lens. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Um, Michelle, we talked earlier just as we were getting started actually about this Clients for Life program that you've developed. And uh, so I want to really dig into this in more detail today and share this with our listeners because this is something truly unusual, unique, something we have not talked about um, in this way on our podcast to date. So it's cool to get into something very, very new. But um, as I mentioned earlier, it's one thing to book a client for one wedding, take re- great care of them, develop a good relationship in that scenario. But you, you've just taken things to a different level. So you go into relationships with the hope or the plan of not only booking a wedding client, but letting the wedding photography be the beginning of a lifelong relationship or client for life. How did you come mm-hmm. up with this idea of packaging your work this way in the first place?
1: So when I first got my camera that January... I swore I was going to be a newborn photographer and I bought like this whole bean bag and like all the little things. And that lasted literally like three weeks because um, I absolutely hated it. But <laughs> <laughs> What did you
0: hate about it so much?
1: Oh, I, well, you know, I didn't get enough education into it. So to figure out ways to do it shorter. So like it was taking me like three or four hours. My back was hurting. And was okay. Like, this is just terrible. Um, and then I just felt like the pressure of always buying new props and things like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not about this. Like I want to buy equipment and then just show up and shoot it and go home. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll get into families. And so I started doing that. And then I shot my first wedding like that next month and it was over. I was like, this is it. This is all I'm going to do. But I was like, I don't want to just do their wedding though. Like I want to be here and do their maternity session. Uh, now newborn is the one that I do uh, tell them, give them other referrals to go to. Right. And then once, once a baby's sitting up, walking, any of that come right back <laughs> And, uh, and it works great because they, they respect the fact that I'm like, I'm not really going to do every single thing when it comes to, you know, putting your baby in a basket, I'm just not going to do it. But they respect the fact that I tell them that you will be in better hands somewhere else and then come back. Um, so that's just how it went. I just was like, this is how I'm going to continue my relationship with my clients because people are always trying to figure out how to get their clients to refer them. Like, of course you love on them during the wedding process, but then after If they keep coming back, they're going to keep telling people about you.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, I guess if you create the expectation up front, too, that sets the scene or or kind of frames the relationship as one that could actually go on for a long time versus you're just hiring me as your wedding photographer. I think that's that's an interesting perspective. What does this program actually include the client for life program when you offer that to somebody? What does it normally include?
1: So it includes a 30-minute free session every year. Now, I also have it in, in my contract that it may not be me. Um, I haven't gotten to the point where it's not me yet, but I do have an associate company. And so I'm saying to them, like, it may be a photographer from my associate company that comes out and shoots it, but I still edit it, uh, which is how my associate company works as a whole. I still edit everything. So that's exactly what it is. It just is a 30-minute session. Now, it's typically, like, anniversary for maternity session, or just like a regular family session, things like that. And it can't be one of my mini sessions. So if I put out a marketing for mini sessions, um, that would be a separate thing that they could sign up for, especially because it would have a different theme or something separate. But that's what they would get a 30 minute session every year.
0: Interesting. Okay, so they pay an upfront fee. And we're going to talk about the price point here in just a second. But they pay that upfront fee. And for life, they get a 30 minute session every year. That's That's what is included in that so called package.
1: Exactly. And so for the the couples that want multiple sessions per year, they get their free one and then they book like, you know, two or three for the rest of the year.
0: Interesting. Okay. So just going to your website, do I understand correctly that the upfront investment then for that client for life program is roughly $7,000 at $6,900?
1: It is. So I have three wedding packages. I have my bottom one that just has photography. Okay. And then uh, once me and my husband started working together with the photo video team, I added in video to my $6,900 package and then I have my client for life in that one and then my top one which is now 12,000. So it's it's just like an added benefit to going up to the next level uh, when it comes to the the collections that they can choose from. So it's like oh you can start at 4,000 and get photography, you know, 8 hours just the regular thing or for 7 you can get photo, video and client for life in a bigger album and they're like oh well done deal. So it's, it's really that simple. And it isn't something that I go out always marketing and letting everyone know because I don't want everyone to want my client for life. I don't know if I want to do sessions for everyone <laughs> forever. Sure, fair. So And I let them know that too. And I'm like, you know, I'm very picky with who I allow to do this, which I mean, if I got to the point where I'm talking about that, I'm probably going to let them. But uh, you know, I let them know that it's a picky selection and that makes them feel even better when I, you know, let them book me is the way I put it. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. like she wants me to be her client for life. Like I'm so excited and I'm just going to wow. book all these sessions. And so like it's it's really the exciting things. I mean, I also have a Facebook group for all of my brides that I put them in immediately. So like a lot of people do like the gift thing. They're like, oh, I send them a gift box when they book. I don't do that. We add, I add them as friends on Facebook, and then I put them in my M hair's bride group, and I do an announcement. I'm like, "Hey girls, like you know, we have a new bride. She's getting married on this day. You know, these are her colors," and they just start talking. They're like, "Oh, that was really? my color too," and yeah. So like that is my thing, like spending like time with them, and still having that group where I can I can contact them at, at any time and just put something in, I'm like, "Hey girls, how's everything going?" And they just start the conversation up. So that's. That is my way of of initiating like our relationship.
0: Wow. Okay. That's interesting. And that's probably a conversation in and of itself. But I want to get back to first just the Sim, the simple yet extremely powerful idea of offering this so-called client for life service as part of the wedding package. Because you know it's one thing to say, and, and certainly there's value in upselling a client with you know this package comes with an album, but this doesn't. So you should definitely get the one with the album, or this one comes with a large print, or whatever it might be. But it seems like it would be so much easier to sell them on a more expensive package, even if it's a couple thousand dollars more, when you can say from now on. You can come back to me every year and I'm going to do a free portrait session for you forever. I mean, exactly. that, that's huge, huge. I mean, when we talk about adding value to somebody, especially for charging something, that's a huge amount of value. And it seems like it would be a really easy sale. Yeah. What would you say is the percentage conversion on people that you offer that service?
1: Uh, so this year, it's about 65%.
0: Wow. That's huge. Yeah. See that, that just, I'm not much of a salesperson, but that's, that's something that I could totally get on board with. It would be so much easier to sell because I feel like I'm actually giving them something like tangible. That's really significant that they're going to benefit from for a very long time. And so the idea of mixing that into the wedding package as opposed to selling it separately, I, I really like that idea. Talk to us a little bit about that Facebook, a little bit more about that Facebook group, though, because the idea of letting all of your clients interact within a closed group is, uh, in some ways, a bit unique. I think. I mean, I've I've talked to a photographer or two who um, they'll do get-togethers with some of their clients, but this idea of a Facebook group where there's ongoing conversation is something a little bit different. Does that is that something you started right away with the client for life program, or is it something you've done more recently?
1: No, I started at about a year um, into shooting weddings. Okay. So I used to do the like events with them. Like I had a Christmas party and like I took them all to get their nails done one time. And it was like, you know, I did a couple of different things. But then what happened is last year, early last year, I decided I wanted to brand myself as a destination wedding photographer and literally started flying all over the world doing all these sessions and weddings. And then I'm like, oh, my God, like none of them are local. Like they would have to fly in for my Christmas party. That's not happening anymore. So now, instead of doing you know just little events here and there, uh, I'm going to do an annual event, and it's going to be a trip. So next year, our plan is to go right now, just to Miami, okay, um, and just having like an M Harris Brides Retreat type of thing. Really? So they can just, mm-hmm, yep, they can just come out, they fly out all wherever they're at. They can all fly to the same place, and we all have this big Airbnb, and then we just hang out for a couple of days and do like different things. So like that's my next thing because the little Christmas parties and stuff is not going to work anymore because all my brides are pretty much all over.
0: Sure. I, but I'm trying to figure out like, this is a really cool concept that I'm certainly haven't heard of anybody doing this, um, that I can remember, but what is, what is the draw for them? I mean, at this point, is it that they have such close relationships with the group that they want? Like the idea of going and traveling somewhere and hanging out with everybody is just that appealing or is there some other value in it for them?
1: Yeah, no, that's it's that simple. God, because like they they sell things to each other and oh, like, my talk word. about different things. Okay. Like, you know, after their wedding, they have extra sparklers they're like, hey, I have this like, does anyone want anything like they literally, you know, get to know each other. And then throughout the other events that I used to throw, they've gotten to know each other. And they're still like, I mean, from three years ago, they're still singing praises about me and wow. still, you know, talking to each other. And they're like, oh, my God, this would be so much fun. And even if they don't know each other, like, oh, my God, we get to hang out with, like, you know, six or seven other brides or, like, you know, married women at this point because they're all in the same, like, stages or some of them just got engaged and they can help the other ones, uh, you know, through their process and answer questions and, oh, I wish I would have done this on my wedding, that type of thing. So it all, you know, comes together and is helpful.
0: Wow. And I just, I mean, I'm sure that the value as far as building your brand in that context is priceless because not only did you offer them a great service, but now you've created this place where they're able to connect with other people and receive value as a result of those connections. Um, It's, it's a win win. That's really huge. Do you, do you have to spend a lot of time kind of overseeing that through the week or does it kind of run itself?
1: No, it kind of runs itself. And like, it's not something that's always, you know, super kind of engagement in there. Sure. But when I do go to post, I'm like, Oh, Michelle posted something like, what is it? And they all go to look. So, I mean, and even if it's as simple as like once a month, I'll say like, hey, like tell me something great that's happened. Like they'll be like, oh, I just graduated and this happened or, you know, whatever happened, they just post. So it's not something I I have to monitor all the time. I'm not worried about the engagement in it, like some people stress out about. I just throw them in there and if they talk to each other, they talk to each other. And then at least once a month, I make sure that to post something in there uh, for them to talk about. But I don't make it a huge priority.
0: Huh. That's really interesting. Okay. So I want to get back to, to those portrait sessions though. Somebody becomes a client for life, they get married and then however long later they come back to you, whether it's a year or otherwise to to get that free portrait session. Do you take them through, I mean the, the 30 minute session doesn't cost them anything, but then do you take them through a sales session after the fact so that you have the opportunity to make more money from that client?
1: So at this point I've gotten really, really good at convincing them that the the lab that's connected to my um, my gallery, which I now have Cloudspot, is so much better than anywhere else that they would ever print anything. That I don't even need to do the sale sessions I used to do. Really? I literally just say, you know, if you want to print something, you know exactly what to do. And they're like, I know, I won't print anywhere else. I do it right in the gallery, um, and that's that works for me. I mean, they go home when and, and when they get their gallery, they go print at least sixty to a hundred dollars worth of prints every time because I explain to them how much easier it is for them to just print it like within the gallery and send it to their friends or grandmas or whatever, instead of downloading it, printing, and then going to the post office. So I personally don't have time for, you know, in-person sales sessions right this second. So that's how I do it. And it it works beautifully because I don't have to do anything and they always print from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, as a wedding photographer, and I've talked about this before in the podcast, but we we used Pictage, which is an online gallery, kind of similar in some ways to to Cloudspot, in that Mm -hmm. not only did you have a place to host images, but clients could purchase images there as well. And I loved that because what we would do is charge a premium upfront and then just kind of let them do their thing after the fact, because I didn't want to take the time for in sale or in person sales sessions either. Looking back in hindsight now, as many photographers as I've heard have made just crazy amounts of money through those yeah. in-person sales. I know that I missed out, but I will say yeah. that there's still something to be said, and you pointed this out, uh, for the significance of having time. If you've got a busy life or you just don't want to spend time doing that thing, using tools like CloudSpot, um, and we've highlighted CloudSpot here on the podcast before, but using tools like, like CloudSpot it is a great idea because you want to be able to save that time um And clients can take advantage of a platform like that. So that's really interesting. So you just shoot the session, you upload the images, they can order prints, and you're done.
1: Yep. That's it for the Client for Life portion of huh. it. Absolutely.
0: That's really cool. Okay. Well, just on a very practical level here before we finish up, I'd, I'd love to just talk about maybe the logistics, kind of the practical step-by-step process of setting up this Client for Life program. And it seems like it's relatively simple, uh, and I like that. Uh, you said to me before we got started, again, you mentioned the significance of just doing, and, and I like the simplicity of that. Are there any details or logistics that our listeners should consider in implementing something like this? Have, has there been anything about it that you've had to change because it didn't work? What does that look like?
1: The one thing I would definitely highlight is just making sure that if you're going to offer this, that you put it in your contract okay. and like have a lawyer look over the little little bitty section of Client for Life to make sure that they can't like sue you if you didn't get time to, you know, do their session that, that year or something like that. So just make sure that that is in there. But that that's the one thing that you want to make sure. But you can make Client for Life your own. You don't have to do it where it's completely free. You can say, oh, you know, if you sign up for Client for Life now, you're locked into the forever weight of, 250. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, as I grow, these sessions are going to, you know, eventually go up to 600 and you're going to want to make sure that you save your money. However you want to run that program, you can really make it your own. But it's just a matter of putting it out there, putting it on your website, offering it to your upcoming clients. You can offer and put a price on it for your past clients. Like, hey, guys, if you wanted to get client for life, I know I didn't offer this before. It's, you know, from now until Friday, you can upgrade for $500, whatever you want to do, you make it, you just make it yours.
0: And and I like that. And again, I love the simplicity of it. Really, it's just a matter of actually offering it. And, you know, whereas a lot of photographers talk about being able to photograph family sessions or baby sessions or otherwise for their clients after the wedding. I like the idea that you're f- kind of formalizing that in a sense. You're creating the expectation up front that you are their photographer for life. And you're here to take care of them, to serve them, to photograph them. Making it part of the package gives you an opportunity to upsell, which I think is really, really awesome. And, uh, and you do make it pretty prominent on your website, too. There's a, I'm, I'm actually looking at your website right now. It says, Client for Life, best wedding photographer value. Um, you say Wedding days are but a brief flash in the lives of my clients, and yet I adore them so much that I aspire to keep our friendship healthy and connected. Seeing my clients grow into their new lives is why I offer the exclusive M. Harris Client for Life service. And then you go on and kind of explain a little bit more um, but right. this is a really, really great, very practical and ultimately seemingly simple way for our clients not only to better connect with and, and actually develop an ongoing relationship with their clients. And, of course, we put a lot of emphasis on relationships here in the podcast, but it, just on a very practical, financial, entrepreneurial level, it's a really great opportunity to upsell your clients. And um, so I really appreciate you making the time to kind of share how this works, what it looks like for our listeners. And I'd love for you too to just share, if you don't mind, where our listeners can find you uh, online just one more time. Yeah. And I know that you've got a workshop coming up next month, and I'm sure this is not the only one that you're going to be doing. Maybe there'll be others coming up as well. Maybe you could just talk briefly about those.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, the best place to find me every day is always Instagram. So um, like you had said, it's M. Harris underscore Studios. I'm always on there in my story or posting something. Um, but in person, I do have a Hustle and Heels Wedding Photography Conference. It's next month. Uh, actually, it's literally, uh, well, yeah, it's next month. It's uh, the 12th of August and the 12th and the 13th. And it's at MGM Grand in National Harbor. And it's going to be insane. Like the speaker lineup that I have is crazy. And their education that they're going to bring is amazing. Like it's not just going to be a conference where it's just, oh, you know, really motivational to go out and do like, yeah, that's great. But what do we need to implement and how can we do it? Like that's what the entire conference is going to be about. And it's going to be insane. And they can meet you there since you'll be there.
0: I'm really, really excited. Honestly, I'm so excited. I'm actually, I have the, the, uh, lineup pulled up here on uh, the page about Hustle and Heals, this workshop, and at some of your speakers we've actually had on the podcast. Um, Natalie Frank oh, and Kesha Lambert. Uh, Kesha and her husband are some of my favorite people. I had so much fun connecting with them at a, at a workshop not very long ago. Um, Anisha mm-hmm. Collins has been on the podcast before. And um, so anyway, it's, it's very cool that you're putting this on. We're stoked to be a part of it. And um, we're going to, to see you there. And I'll make sure. Normally, we, there's a little bit of a, a lag time with the podcast episode interview, the recording, and the time that release it. We're going to push this out soon so that everybody knows about this. And then will there be other workshops or conferences coming up in the future if they're not able to make this one?
1: Um, I also will be speaking at uh, United and awesome. uh, the, the Reset Conference next year.
0: Cool. Okay. So, and United is is so much fun too. And actually, I saw Vanessa Hicks here on your list of speakers, and I've gotten the opportunity to. Oh, yeah. She we we've had her on the podcast as well, and I got to connect with her there at United, and that is another great conference too for anybody who might be curious. But um, this has been great. I really appreciate you making time for the podcast, Michelle, and uh, thanks so much for sharing about your Clients for Life program.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at Photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.